0: And your power. Moses declared that because he recognized there was, there, there, were, there was something in him that was lacking to take him where he needed to be. So, Father, I thank you that your glory will manifest. And, and, and as it manifests, it's going to take us where, where you called us to be. It's going to cause us to fulfill every aspect of our ministry. As that same presence rested on Jesus, as the glory of God rested on Jesus, I thank you that glory is resting on us. And Lord, as we are working with you, you are working with us, working through us and I thank you that you're causing us to inherit land, causing us to possess territory, you're causing us to, to build buildings, you're causing us to, to rise higher and higher higher and higher in our communities higher and higher in our cause Lord I thank you that we don't lack anything we come behind in no gift I thank you that you enriched us in all things, I thank you that we are sons of God, daughters in God empowered by you, equipped by you for the service in which you've called us to and I thank you Lord there will be things that Will be built within our hearts, built within our spirit, man, built within us, Lord. That we will leave here. That will be tools. That we'll leave here with 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 something tangible. That we that we're we're going to go and possess territory. Oh, Father, I just keep hearing that, Lord. It's time to possess territory. I thank you, Lord, that, that 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 you're equipping us just as you equipped Abraham and you equipped Joshua. I thank you as you equipped David, as you equipped Gideon, Lord. I thank you that you as you equipped us. I thank you that there'll be uh, there'll be a further equipping. Oh, there's a further equipping today, a further equipping that will be equipped, that will be equipped with the very things that we need to be, to be world changers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, that wisdom that comes from you. I thank you for wisdom that comes from you. I thought I thank you as the words go forth, as prophecies go forth, as messages go forth. I thank you, Lord, that things will go off on the inside of our spirit, man. Things will go off on the inside of us and, and, and cause us to say, yeah, that's it that's it, that's what I needed to hear today that's it, that's the next step yeah, that's the element I was missing I thank you Lord, we, we, we press into those things, we press into those t- things, we press into those hidden things we press into the mysteries of the kingdom, we press into those things that I hadn't seen, nor our ear heard, nor things that entered into our hearts but you're revealing to us by your spirit, oh I thank you Father have your way throughout today have your way throughout today have your way throughout today, hail a- oh father we set our affection on things that are above and not on the things on the earth hallelujah we set our affection on above oh father we bring ourselves under proverbs chapter 4 lord father with the word of god the word of god hallelujah the word of god hallelujah hallelujah the word of god is like medicine to our flesh. The Word of God. Hallelujah. The Word of God is life and health to all our flesh. Hallelujah. That means the Word of God. Hallelujah is life to our ministries. The Word of God is life to our families. The Word of God is life to every avenue, Father. And I thank you, Lord, as the Word comes forth, it's going to produce life. Lord, I thank you for divine life. Divine life. Divine life flowing through this place today. Divine life flowing in this place today. Oh, Father, we thank you. Have your Way in this place today, have your way in this place today. Oh Ramator Rakesh de Clebaya, Bracatelebosht Rabaya, Iro Mogonder Rendeleboshtor Rabaya, Etor Romogon Brandele de Bocosho Rabaya, O Calamandele Mando Robocoter Rabaya, O Ramon de Rendelebosho Cora Baya, Ketor Robosa, E Ramandele Maso Cora Baya. Oh Father, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Oh, Father, we set our hearts to receive from you today. We set our hearts to receive from you today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Divine appointments. Divine appointments today. Divine appointments by your word and by your spirit. Hallelujah, by your word and by your spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, by your word and by your spirit. Never to turn back. Never to give up. Never to let go. Hallelujah, Lord. I thank you for those that are here that may have felt like giving up or throwing in the towel, Lord. Lord, i thank you today they rise today they rise today they rise today they rise those that will watch this later those that are watching this live those that are watching this through through the website. Lord, i thank you lord that their ministries will rise their ministries will rise hallelujah hallelujah thank you father oh father we rejoice in that today oh we thank you for that today have your way in this place today have your way today father thank you lord hallelujah and if you believe that rejoice in him today amen amen
1: on behalf of dr and mrs Savell and pastors justin and annette we are so blessed that you decided to set time aside to join us this week we believe this will be two days full of revelation straight from heaven and that you will leave here refreshed and empowered to accomplish all that god has for you now, stay tuned for some important information. Renewal forms are due by December 31st in order to avoid an additional renewal fee. And just a reminder, all HFMA services will be available on our website, heritageoffaith.com HFMA. During this year's ministers conference, make sure to check out the awesome product that we have available especially for you. If you wanna add to your library, we have individual sale items as well as bundled items. There are three minister's manuals available for a bundled price of $75, normally $30 each. As well, all curriculum is 25% off. We encourage you to go home with items that will prove extremely useful for your discipleship training and individual student needs. These are also great resources to use to develop your people and will allow you to learn alongside them. Books and book sets include Favor of God, Why God Wants You to Prosper, Life of Faith, Prayer Petition, What I've Learned, and more. Don't miss out on these special offers.
2: Quite often, I see that scene, quite often, I remember that. I have a desire to see that kind of thing happen in my ministry. You, you're not satisfied until you experience it again. And I say, Lord, show me more. Show me your glory. Do you not think that causes you to hunger for more of his presence, more of his power, and more of his goodness? Those who hunger and thirst shall be filled. God honors hunger. There is no devil in hell that could stop you from receiving what you have been believing for, praise God. There's an urgency for the glory of God manifesting in our generation. I want humanity set free. That's the purpose, praise God. I can't remember one thing that I've ever hungered for and pursued that God didn't make it happen. Well, why wouldn't He do it where His glory is concerned?
3: can Sing if you want
4: to. Oh, <speaking in Spanish> a fragrant of an offering of praise an offering of worship oh la na Soda na na jesus nana na 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 ni eta oh my soul
3: In Psalms, and it's in the Passion Translation, and it says, Oh, that I would wake knowing that I have been beholding your face. That we would wake knowing we've spent the night with Jesus. Right? And when David would speak to us, so he would say, Bless the Lord, oh my soul. He would tell his soul what to think. Respond, soul, to the Spirit of God. Respond, soul, to the Spirit of God. Amen? So just right now, just close your eyes, and I want you to just picture Jesus. Picture his eyes like fire, burning with passion for you. Picture his beautiful hands, still with the holes as evidence of his love for you, his sacrifice for you. Picture his blazing glory that he's clothed with.
4: Spirit, come and fill this
5: place.
4: Let your glory No! see it. the spirit of
2: Hallelujah. Lift your hands one more time. Bless the Lord. Father, we welcome your presence. We sense it in this place already. We thank you that in your presence is fullness of joy, pleasures forevermore. We're honored to be in your presence this morning. And we invite you to manifest your power among us. Let your servants see your marvelous power. And we thank you for it. Thank you, Lord, for touching every life this morning. Cause your anointing to rest mightily upon us. May it increase as we continue to serve you to fulfill the call of God on our lives. And we thank you, Father, in advance for all that we know you have planned in the days ahead. Good plans, not evil plans, but good plans, and we give you praise for it. In Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a great shout. Hallelujah. Come on, a great shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Lay your hands on somebody next to you and say these words. You were created for God's glory. Not only to bring Him glory, but to be an instrument of His glory. And in the days ahead, His anointing will flow through you like never before. And more and more people in whom you minister to will experience that burden-removing, yoke-destroying, power of the living God. Hallelujah. Let's give Him praise for that. Glory to God. Amen and amen. Praise God. You can be seated. Good morning, everybody. I trust everybody had good rest last night and ready to receive the word this morning. Amen. You know, uh, Richard has started off each service with a joke. <laughs> you know, every time, I, <laughs> every time I go to Mac Hammond's church, he always starts his service with a joke. and Some of them are pitiful. <laughs> Nobody but Mac is laughing. But every once in a while he comes up with a good one. And uh, last time I was there he, he shared this one And I may have shared it Some of you may have heard it already But you know like Richard Talking about that guy on the, You know last night uh, Making all that money And he knew he would be rescued He knew he would be found Because you know he's a tither His pastor will find him You know. Well there was a guy That, that uh, had an accident Out in the Pacific And he wound up having a swim to a nearest island and, that he could find. and So he got over there, a little small island. He thought, well, I wonder if anybody else lives here. So he spent the first day just walking around trying to find other inhabitants. Nobody was there. So finally he came back to where he originated. And uh, he thought, well, I wonder how long it will take for somebody to rescue me. So I better start making some plans here. So he decided to start looking for food. And then he started trying to build something to stay in. So eventually he gathered enough food and he was able to, you know, find some limbs and so forth and build a lean to. And uh, after several months, he realized nobody's coming for me. I better just settle in here. I don't know how long I'm going to be here. So eventually, after a year or so, Somebody saw him. They was out in the ship, and they saw this man waving over on this little island. So they sent a little boat out to check on him. When the guys in the boat arrived, they said, uh, "How long have you been here?" He said, "Well, I think over a year." He said, uh, they said, "Well, does anybody else live here?" He said, "No, I've searched the whole island. No one else is here but me." And they said, "Well, what are these three structures?" He said, Well, that one's my house. I had to build a house. He said, Okay, well, what's this other structure? He said, Well, that's the church I go to. He said, Well, what is this other structure? He said, That's the church I used to go to. <laughs> <laughs> so you can have a church split all by yourself. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen? Praise God. All right, Richard, you'll have to top that one later, okay? <clears throat> we are so honored once again to have Pastor David Blunt with us this morning, and he's going to start the uh, conference off, and I'm just so honored to have him here. Uh, I fell in love with this man many years ago and his family, and and uh, we have uh, not only a common interest in serving God and common goals to fulfill the call of God on our lives, but we're also hot rod buddies. We're uh, collector car buddies. In fact, we made a pact with one another that if either one decides to get rid of one of their classic cars, he has to call the other one first to make sure he doesn't want it before he gets rid of it. And uh, I have a a GTO that I got from Pastor David in my collection. And uh, so we have a, a good relationship and it's always an honor to, to be in his church. If you're ever up in the uh, St. Louis area, uh, be sure and check out uh, his church. It's 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 like a convention center. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful facility. I got to preach in the earlier buildings, but when I saw that new building, it was just magnificent. And God has done such a great work there and he's such a wonderful pastor. I tell him, if I lived in that area, I know the church I'd be a part of. Amen. He'd be my pastor. So, anyway, uh, I just want you to appreciate the anointing of God on his life this morning. He has a unique way of delivering the Word of God. He's so laid back, you know, and, uh, but such powerful truths come out of his mouth every time he opens his mouth. So, let's welcome Pastor David Blunt this morning.
6: Please God. Thank, Thank you. Y'all can be seated. Oh, it's an honor to be here today. We sure love and appreciate you, and we love and appreciate Brother Jerry and Carolyn, their family, their team. Can we tell them how much we love them? Wow. wow. I I owe Brother Jerry for the rest of my life how he's impacted my life through the Word of God. Amen. Amen. I think of all the different series and all the different cassette tapes. Does anybody remember? You are old. You are old. You are old. Cassette tapes. Forever I owe him for the Word of God. Amen. And I'm thankful. And Daniel. Daniel, stand up. Daniel is my son. And. He's an alumni of JSMI, he was here in 99 and 2000, and he's the executive pastor of Church on the Rock, amen, so I love him, thank God for him, amen. You know, I, I know, I don't need to be a prophet, and I don't need a Ouija board, and I don't need to give you a 900 number, I know exactly what God is going to do in your life today. Yeah, I know exactly. Now, you know, I know we're going to see the glory of God, right? Amen. Yeah, we're going to see more of God's glory, which is His presence, His power, and His goodness. We know that, right? We're in an environment of that. But, but I can go beyond that, and I can tell you exactly, exactly, I can prophesy from the front to the back, exactly what God's going to do in your life today. Are you ready? Yes. You sure? Yes. He's going to do exactly what you're expecting him to do in your life today. God's going to do exactly what you are expecting God to do in your life today. Doesn't he meet us on the level of our expectation? Right? He meets us on the level of our expectation. So so God's going to do what you're expecting him to do by the end of this week here in this conference. And you know, I learned that from Richard's father, Oral. He had this phrase, you remember this phrase he said, every day miracles are coming towards you or they're passing you by. Every day miracles are coming towards you or they're passing you by. Right? Something is going to happen to you, right? And and so God is going to do exactly, exactly what you're expecting Him to do today. So what I want you to do is I want you to turn to a couple people and tell them what you're expecting God to do in your life today. Go right ahead. Tell a couple. What are you expecting? Come on now. I'm stretching you. What are you expecting God to do in your life before you go home? Because that's what God's going to do in your life. Amen, everybody? Wow. I can see I woke some of you up already. Amen? Wow. All right, you ready to get in the Word? Got your Bible? Here we go. You know, language can change an environment. Brother Jerry taught me that. We charge the atmosphere with our words. So if you want to change a church, change the language. If you want to change a marriage, change the language. If you want to change a corporation, change the language. Through the language, DNA is passed on down. The culture is passed on down through a language. So let's set ourselves up for success. You ready? Got your Bible, hold it up. Let's all say together, this is my Bible. I am am what it says says that I am. I I can do do what what it says I can do. I can, have. I can have. What it says, what it says I, can have. I can have. Today, Today I, will I will be taught the uncompromised, un-compromised word, of word of God. My mind, My mind is alert. alert. My heart, My heart is receptive. receptive. I'll not leave the saying. I will not leave a saying. I will not leave the saying the same the same. As, as I came. In Jesus' name. And every, and every time I come to this conference, to my faith, my, faith, my, life, my life gets, stronger, gets stronger. And stronger and stronger. Now give God your best praise. Yeah. Best, best praise. Wow. Well, I'm in the right place. Amen. All right. Open your Bible to Proverbs chapter three, Proverbs three. We're continuing to talk about attitudes that tap into the glory of God. Attitudes that tap into the glory of God. And the attitude we're talking about is humility, right? Being humble. If I'm not humble, I'm going to stumble and my life will crumble, right? So we're talking about attitudes that, that will cause us, you know, grace, grace has provided for us everything God has, everything God is. And everything God can do. This afternoon at 2 o'clock, I'm going to talk about grace and how to tap into more of God's grace. But grace has provided it, everything God has for us, right? Everyone say grace. grace. And then faith is how we possess it, right? Faith is how we possess it. If you're a note taker, faith is how we possess it. But then number three, through humility, is how we position ourselves. Through humility, we position for all that God has for us. So we're looking at this attitude of humility, and and humility is amazing because there's lots of definitions. Uh, The Bible calls it meekness, and it's not weakness. It's strength and the control. Uh, Humility is total dependence on God. Humility is total dependence on God. But yet, taking total responsibility for my own life. I can't blame, and I'll, if I do, I'll be lame, right? I can't blame anybody. I wanna take responsibility. I'm not gonna live like a victim, right? I'm gonna live like a victor. I'm gonna live like a victor, not a victim. Amen. Not gonna build my life on tragedy. Not gonna build my life on hurt. I'm gonna build my life on the Word of the Living God. Amen. So so we're talking about humility and lots of definitions, you know, total dependence on God. Uh, it's surrender. And that's what you and I are doing here today. We're surrendering to Him. And early morning prayer. What were we doing? Yielding unto God. It's yielding, it's surrender, it's dependence. It's I like this one. It's a life. Long. Y'all forgot already. Life. Long learner. Say it with me. I am a life long learner. When I stop learning, I stop leading. When I stop learning, I stop leading. One thing I know is that change is constant. Everything's changing, isn't it? You know, pastoring today, I've been pastoring the same church for 35 years. Brother Jerry's been coming for 30 years to our church, 30 years. And the way I pastored when Brother Jay came for the first time, I pastored totally different today. You know, the word hasn't changed. The message hasn't changed. But the methods have to change. And, and, and so being humble is being willing to change. And I like what John Maxwell says. He said, you've got to make the right changes. Yes. You know, a lot of people are changing. But sometimes we make the wrong changes. We want to make the right changes, right? You can't grow without changing. Amen? So it's willing to change. It's willing to be correctable. Uh, Don't you like to have people around you that are correctable? Adjustable? Moldable? Shapeable? That's another definition of humility. So so we're looking at all of this. And humility is, is being willing to take feedback. Feedback. You know, I, I whispered into uh, uh, Richard's ear. I said, Richard, would you teach me today on how to pray in tongues and interpret it back? I, I asked him if he'd mentor me today on that because I want to know more about that. I, I mean, I grew up in Pentecost, you know. I, I grew up in the church. And, and all these, but he said, I still want to learn. I still want to grow. I, I still want to... Amen? Amen? The biggest room in our life is the room for improvement. <laughs> we haven't arrived, right? Right? We never graduate from learning. We are lifelong learners. Let's say it again. I am a life-long learner. And then let's say this. I am willing, willing to, take to take feedback. feedback. Well, that just sounds good, doesn't it? Say it again. I am willing, willing to, take to take feedback. You know what, when, when we have that, that attitude of humility, you know what I think? It opens doors for mentors. It opens doors for mentors in our life. You know what I mean? And we all need mentors, right? We, we can't go to the next level without a mentor. We can't grow without a coach. We need, we need coaches, we, we need mentors, we need spiritual fathers in, in our life. And you know what? I found out what will open the door if they realize that we're, that we're teachable. That we honor them and their time and their wisdom. You know, you, you know, we are of the same uh, camp and like precious faith, and isn't that great? Yes. And, and you know, you heard me say yesterday that, that John Osteen was my pastor. I was ordained through him, and, uh, and I, I love him dearly, miss him greatly, and, and, and Pastor Osteen, you know, I remember the first time that I got to meet him. I, I actually went, this is years ago, this is back uh, in the late 80s. And I, I went to Roy Hicks, and I, Roy was on my board, and I went to Roy Hicks, and I said, Roy, who's the greatest pastor in America? This is the late 80s. I said, who's the greatest pastor in America? I don't want to know who has the biggest church, because that doesn't mean they're a great pastor. Right? I mean, you can do all kinds of things to get a crowd. We don't want crowds. We want a congregation. We want a spiritual family. Amen. So I said, I don't want to know who has the biggest church in America. Who ha- who's the greatest pastor? I asked Roy Hicks this. And he said, without a doubt, John Osteen. He said, John Osteen, this is the late 80s, greatest pastor in America. So I just said, you know, privately, I said, you know, God, I'd love for him to be my pastor. I would love for him to be my spiritual father, be my mentor. So what I did was I went out and got all of his, here we go again, cassette tapes. I mean, I ordered all of his cassette tapes. I I bought all of his books, and I just soaked myself because Brother Jerry has taught me since the law of association. Oh, my goodness. The law of associations. You know, the most important relationship we have is with God. The next most important relationship is with our family. And the next most important relationship is our, who are our closest friends? Ooh, I just said a whole lot right there in those three levels right there. So, so I, I got you know, all of his tapes and all of his books. I began to soak myself because I wanted his spirit to jump off on me. I wanted his spirit of being a great pastor who loved people, loved the word, loved world evangelism. I, 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 wanted, uh, I wanted that. So lo and behold, I didn't tell anybody. Lo and behold, Jimmy Hester. Jimmy Hester calls me one day, and Jimmy says, Hey, Dave. I'm just saying it like he said it, okay? Jimmy Hester called me and said, Hey, Dave, I'm going down to see Johnny in Houston. You want to go with me? Well, is the Pope Catholic? He didn't know I'd been wanting to to get to meet one-on-one with Pastor John Osteen, and there God opened the door. Isn't it amazing what God will do? Oh, wow. So we, so I said, yeah. So the next day, you know, I flew down with Jimmy Hester and some pastors here from Dallas that had mega churches. And we all flew down to spend a day with Pastor John Osteen. And, and uh, I'm going somewhere. Y'all know I'm going somewhere. Okay. And so we, we all went down there and, and we met with them and, and uh, Pastor Osteen loved lubbies. He loved to go to I love his cafeteria. So he took us all out to the cafeteria. We're sitting there around the table. And I'm sitting next to him. And there are these other great pastors, you know, of mega churches in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And we're sitting there. And I got my pad. There were no iPads. I got my legal pad. And and I'm taking notes. and, And I'm sitting there. And all these other guys are talking. But they're all talking about what they're doing. And I'm just sitting there, and, and I'm next to Pastor Osteen, and, and finally he looks at me, and he says, John Osteen looks at me, and he says, man, you are quiet. He said, why aren't you saying anything? And you know, I, I'm, I've got more, more mellow over the years, okay? You may think I'm laid back, but you need to be on my team, and you may not think I'm so laid back, but I, I wasn't quite as, as mellow back then, and I just said in front of all those guys to Pastor Osteen, I said, Pastor Osteen, I didn't come here to tell you about what I'm doing. I think that's pride. Yes. You ever notice the, that the middle letter in pride is I? Is.
5: Yeah.
6: And, and I said, I didn't come here to tell you what I'm doing in St. Louis. I came here to learn from you. Yeah. You know what that did? Wow. Opened the door. And, and so what happened is, you know, the next day, you know, I went back. Well, I went back. And the next day, you know, I, I called his office and and said, You know, could I come down and, and spend an hour with Pastor Osteen, blah, blah, blah. So it all worked out. So, long story short, I went down and asked him all these questions and sat there, this, there for an hour. And then I went back the next day, and, and my desire was that he would be my mentor. Because we're talking about you and I need to learn how to take feedback. And if we have a spirit of humility, a lifelong learner, it opens doors for you. That, that these great men and women of God, that they'll begin to pour into us. If we'll show them that we honor and respect who they are, their wisdom, their experience. Amen. And so uh, two days later, long story short, Pastor John, my secretary said, hey, uh, John Osteen's on the phone. You want to talk to him? I said, you bet. I want to talk to him. And, And Pastor Osteen said, hey, Dave, you know, did you really mean what you said, that you want me to be your mentor? I said, yes, Pastor Osteen. He said, I'll be your pastor. Now, I don't think that would have opened up without a spirit of humility, lifelong learner, and I'm still learning myself, you're praying for me, amen, uh, that, that if I hadn't had the attitude of, of honor and respect, I don't think that door would have ever opened for me. So, so without humility, you're going to miss open doors. Without that attitude of wanting to learn and grow and get better and improve, we're going to miss out on God-given divine relationships that we need to fulfill God's will for our life, amen. Amen. So, everybody say it with Megan, I am, I am a lifelong, lifelong learner. learner. Now, can I stretch you just a little more? Okay. And that's this. I want us all to stand up. And I want you to find two people. And I want you to tell them. We're going to take about two or three minutes. I want you to tell them two things you have learned from this conference already. Two things you've learned from this conference already. And how you're going to apply it when you go back home. Can we do this? Oh, Pastor, you were really stretching us. Two things you've learned and how you're going to apply them when you go back home, and then we'll come back together. Let's take a couple minutes, okay? Okay, now hurry. You're taking my teaching time. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, about about 30 more seconds, y'all. Okay, all right. Say it with me. I am a lifelong learner. I'm learning, not losing. I'm getting better every day. In Jesus' name. One more time. Give the Lord all the praise and glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Y'all can be seated. Wow. Isn't it awesome? Isn't it great what God's doing in our life right here, right now? Amen. All right, so let's look at Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. We looked at it yesterday on the overheads, verse 5 and 6. Can we all read it together on the count of three, please? One, two, three. So notice, humility is putting God first. Humility is putting God first. Humility is putting God first. And when we put God first, He said He would crown all our efforts with success. It's God's will that we succeed. It's God's will that we be a success at what He's called us all to do. God is for you, and God has a purpose for your life. And it's God's will. Now, notice, if I want to be successful, and we all do, and we all are, but we want greater glory and greater success for the kingdom of God, then what's the answer? Put God first. So I gave you three points yesterday. Let's look at them once again. The first one was, take away, that when we leave here, we want to work on, for the rest of our life, getting closer. Everyone say closer. Closer. Getting closer to God every day of our life. Here's what I know. The closer I get to God, I'm easier to live with. The closer I get to God, the closer I get to God, my life gets better. The closer I get to God, I learn how to respond like Christ would respond. The closer I get to God, you know, the 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 better my life gets. So really the answer, if you're struggling today in your marriage or your ministry, your finances, your budget, your team, your board, whatever you're struggling with today, the answer is get closer to God. We came all the way from St. Louis just to tell you that, right? It's just bottom line, if if we'll just get a little closer to God, there's less stress and more success. If we get a little closer to God, there's less confusion and more clarity. If we get just a little closer to God, we get a God idea over a man idea. If we get a little closer to God, we hear his voice more clearly and make the right choice. So really, in everything we do, put God first. And he said, that's the answer to being a success at what he's called us to be. So say it, will they put God first first. and be a success? So what do we want to do then? If that's true and it is, then it should be priority in my daily process. It is put God first. And we found out how to do that, right guys? We found out that you do that by giving God the first part of your day. And so I know you all did that today before you got on social me. The... You spend a little time, a little talk. Remember, I got to lead myself before I can lead others. I got to lead, I can't take people where I haven't been. I can't take people where I haven't been. I can't let people know a God that I don't know. I can't let people know, lead people to a God that I don't know. I can't take them where I haven't been. I can't lead others until I lead myself. I can't manage others until I can manage myself. And all that comes through solitude. Now, solitude is another word for a little talk with Jesus. Solitude is another word for daily devotion. Solitude is another, it's just spending time with Jesus, just our quiet time with the Lord. Amen? You know, you go into your booth like Clark Kent, and you come out like Superman, right? Amen. You lie before the Lord so you can stand before man, right, all through the day. So, uh, like what Richard said, you know, you pray much much power. Pray little, little power. No prayer, no power. Right? Amen. So then we said that, that our takeaway from yesterday was every day just get a little closer. And then number two, every day work on our... I'm not called to work on your character. Is the microphone working okay? I'm not called to straighten you out. i got enough stuff in my own life to straighten out. Right? I'm not called to put my nose in your business. I got enough stuff going on in my own life. So today I want to work on my character because God promotes character, not charisma. God promotes character, not charisma. And let me give you a little addendum. Let me give you three words, if you're a note-taker, on that character. is, is I believe, this is, just, this is just what I believe. This is the DNA of our church and the DNA of our team. And this is the language, the DNA that we pass down. Is that I believe if we're going to be great leaders for God and we're going to last and have longevity, is we got to build our life on, number one, integrity. Integrity. We've got to build our life on integrity. And number two, we've got to build our life on generosity. Generosity. We're talking about everyday working on our character uh, because, you know, God promotes character, not charisma. What does that mean? That I believe we want to build our life on integrity. I love the scripture, Psalm 8411. No good thing. Isn't that the glory of God, Brother Jerry's teaching us? It's the goodness of God. No good thing will God withhold from those who walk. That's integrity. So I want to work on keeping my word, being on time, come early, stay late, second miler, servant's heart, if I want to be great, I want to become a servant, right? It's kind of getting quiet, but we need some more coffee, amen, Hallelujah. So, so what are we doing? Working on our character every day. What is that? Working on integrity and then working on generosity. I I just got done teaching a series at our church called The Power of Generosity. Mm, And we're not talking about just money. We're talking about being generous with our praise to God, encouragement to one another, being generous with our... It's a lifestyle. It's not an offering. It's a lifestyle. Being generous, right? The, The world of the generous gets larger. Isn't that a scripture? Proverbs eleven twenty four. Message paraphrase. The world of the generous gets larger and larger and larger. So what does that mean? We get up today and we're here and we, we want to focus on who can I bless yes. in this conference? Who needs encouragement? Who needs to be edified? Who needs a blessing? We're blessed to be miserable. No. You ever think about that? To be a miser, miser, miserable. People who aren't generous, people who aren't givers, are unhappy. Misers and miserable. So we so working on our character every day. What does that mean? I'm going to work on my, I forgot already. What was the first one I gave you? Integrity. Thank you. Integrity. And the second one was generosity. And the third one is humility. I think if we, if we work on those every day of our life until the rapture, which I do believe in, Pastor Blunt, I don't. Well, you stay and pay all my bills, and I'm going on the first load. Amen. It's all right. Praise God. Amen. But, but I, I want to work on, I'm going to work on that until I die or Christ comes back on my integrity, on my generosity, and on my humility. So every day we're getting closer to God. Our life's getting better. Every day we're working on our character. And then number three, every day, this is humility now, every day we're working on our call. We're all called. We all have a calling. We all have a race, right? We all have a race. We all have a lane. And we all have grace for our race to stay in our place. And not to be looking at other people, not running their race, but running our race. Not getting in their lane, but staying in our lane. Amen? We always think everybody else's lane is better than our lane. You ever been stuck in traffic and you know the lanes are all stopped? What are we doing? We're looking in another lane, thinking they're quicker in that lane. And then we move and get in that lane, and we should have stayed in our lane. Turn to somebody and tell them, stay in your lane. So, what are you doing? You're saying, stay in your calling. You know, you can relate to this, you know, man, I can't be Brother Jerry. I I, I can't be Brother Jerry. And, And I can't be Richard. I can't be Daniel. I can't be Pastor. I can't be you. But I can be the best me that I can be. And that's what you and I are called to do, is just to be the best version of who you are. Don't compare yourself. Don't concede to what other people think you should be. But just find out who you are in Christ and be the best you you can be every day of your life just get a little better every day right okay gotta hustle let's move on uh, look with me if you would Matthew 11 verse 28 through 30 I, I love this uh, Matthew 11 verse 28 through 30 uh, in in the message and can I have you read it for me again okay here we go on three. One, two, three. So what's the answer if I'm burnt out today, heavy burden, want to quit, want to give up, you know, uh, sick and tired of people, sick and tired of the ministry, sick and tired of everything. What's the, what's the best thing for me to do? Plateaued, feel stagnant. Uh, why aren't things moving? Why, why isn't it happening for me? What's the best thing I should do when I have questions, when I have frustrations, when I have anxiety or worry or fear, or all these emotions? What's the best thing for me to do? What is it? It's is to go to God. Come to me. What is that? Get a little closer to God. Just get a little closer to God. What's going to happen? He's going to show you how to have real. He'll show you how to have real rest. And you can't have God's best until you're walking in God's rest. You can't have God's best until you're walking in God's rest. And you'll never walk in God's rest until you humble yourself and cast all your worries cares, burdens, concerns over on Him. Amen? And so I love that he said, then keep company with me. What's that? Fellowship. That's, that's daily communion with Him. And then he said, what is a walk with Him? How can two walk together except they? Well, we can't walk with God until we align ourselves with His Word. Amen. Until there's no growth without renewing of my mind. I can't walk with God I can get ahead of God, get behind God, but I can't keep company and walk with God. He said, if you start walking with me, watch how I work in your life. If you start walking with me, and Amos 3.3 says in the Old Testament, how can two walk together except they, I got to agree with what the Word says. Over how I feel, over what I see, over what's going on in my life, over what other people are doing or are not doing in my life. I have to agree and align myself with what does the Word say today. Not what's going on. Yeah, it's going on. But what does the Word... Whose report? Are we going to believe today? We're going to re- believe the report of the Lord, right, everybody? <laughs> Amen. Now, let's look at it in the King James Version. Can we put that up there? Guys, and I really appreciate it. Uh, look what it says in the King James Version. I want you to see the virtue that it brings out. Of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Look at the virtue that it brings out. Look, look what it says about Him. And so, here we go again. You ready? One, two, three. Keep it simple, travel light. Keep it simple, travel light. Notice what he says there. He says, come to me, and you all see the number one virtue there is meekness. He said, I am meek. What is meekness? It's humility. He says, come to me and learn, lifelong learner. Come to me and learn of me and learn this attribute. Learn this this attitude. Learn this, this power force of humility because Jesus humbled himself and was obedient unto death. What does that mean? He wouldn't wouldn't have fulfilled his destiny without humility. He would not fulfill his destiny without humility. The leaders that I've seen in the church that haven't lasted is because they've stopped learning, growing, changing, adjusting, being corrected, being correctable. Those are the ones that I've seen fall to the wayside. So it's important then that, what do we do? Every day we're going to get a little closer. Every day we're going to work on our character. And every day we're going to work on our call. Okay, now, go with me, if you would. Psalm 34, verse 2. Psalm 34, verse 2. We doing okay so far? Okay, Psalm 34 and verse 2. And I love this. What does it say? My soul shall make her boast in the Lord and the humble, that's you and me. The humble will what? And because of what you're hearing, it will produce joy and... Notice that, here's a statement, here's a power phrase, that humble people hear things others don't hear. People with a humble attitude and a humble spirit of humility, which is a lifelong learner, wanting to get better, wanting to grow, uh, wanting to keep moving forward, wanting to go to that next level of the glory of God, like Brother Jerry's teaching us how. Those kind of people, what? They hear things that other people don't hear. And what they're hearing produces joy and gladness in their life. You ever, you ever heard this, those of you who are, are, are ministers, you ever heard this, you're in a service and someone says, well, I didn't get anything out of that service. But the other person says, in the same service, same word, same speaker. You all know the, the, the parable, of the sower sows the word, right? There was no problem with the word, no problem with the sower. The problem was with the soil, soil. What is the soil? The heart, the attitude of the heart. And I got, I got nothing out of that service, but somebody else, same service, same speaker, same word said, man, I, I got a breakthrough. Man, I've got revelation. Man, I, I, I heard the voice of the Lord. I, I, I got a right now word. Well, how do they position themselves for that? A spirit of a lifelong learner. A spirit of, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to this session. I'm going to go to this meeting. And every time I go, I'm going to learn something. I'm going to get better. God's going to give me a right now word. So notice, the humble hear things other people don't hear. Uh, Psalm 69, verse 32. Uh, The guys will put it up there for us. Psalm 69, verse 32. Uh, Y'all, I read the last one for y'all. You read this one, okay? Here we go, please. One, two, three. Oh, here we got a one-liner. So, the humble hear things other people don't hear, but here it says the humble see things. Humble people, and what we mean, we're not talking about weak people. We're not talking about being a doormat. We're talking about being strong in who you are and have surrendered your life to God. Total dependence on God. Total responsibility for your own life. So humble people, people with a lifelong learning attitude that I can learn something out of this. That I'm going to grow. I'm going to get better. I, I never have arrived. I take feedback. I improve. I want to please God. I want to go to the next level of His goodness, His power, His presence, His glory. So humble people, they see things other people don't see. Is that, is that resonating with your spirit? Because I believe right here in this room, you're hearing things this week that other people aren't hearing. And you're seeing things, your future, your destiny, the next step. So what does that mean? Humility will bring revelation into your life. Humility opens your spirit. Humility opens your spirit for God's wisdom. What does the Bible say? When you get God's wisdom, in your right hand, you have long life. Live long, live strong, right? In your left hand, riches, honor, and promotion. Am I helping anybody today? I sure do love you, by the way. Praise God. All right? So, humble people, they hear things. Say it with me. Humble people hear things. Others don't. Humble people see things. They see things. Others don't see. Can we have a praise break? Come on, give the Lord praise for His Word right now. Come on, let's thank Him for revelation right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. All right, look with me. We're going to skip some things here. Job, we want you to look at Job. You all know the story of Job, right? And Job, the book of Job, they tell us that it's the oldest book in the Bible. And many scholars tell us that Job, that, his, that whole thing was like 9 to 12 months. The book of Job was 9 to 12 months, okay? And, and we can identify with Job, right? We, we all go through struggles and opposition and obstacles, but we're overcomers. And I'm going over here, but we're, we're overcomers. This is my crowd right over here. We're, we're overcomers, so so we all you know we, we all have difficulties, we all have setbacks, we all have challenges, we all have opposition, you know, because uh, those who are godly will suffer persecution, right? Yeah. This is part of the territory. Richard was talking about that the other day, yesterday. So so we can identify with Job, and Job had everything, right? He he was the richest guy on the planet, right? And then we know he opened the door to the enemy. The devil came in and stole everything. And then during the story of Job, what does Job do? Job starts asking God why. Hmm. I know you never have, but when I've gone through struggles in my life, I know I'm not talking to y'all, I'm talking to me. You know, when I've gone through struggles in my life, and I didn't understand why it's taken so long, why it isn't happening, why did that happen? Why did this why didn't they help me? Why didn't it come through? God, why did they die? Why did they leave? God, why wouldn't they die? Why won't they leave? God, why? Now I'm probably the only person that's asked God why? I'm probably the only person but haven't we all asked God? Why? Why? Yes. Yes. You know, I remember. You know, growing up, this is when I was a teenager. My older brother, who was my idol, and and uh, he was my idol. His name was Rick, and he was a car guy, brother Jerry, a motorcycle car guy. That's where I got it was from my brother, and, and he was he was kind of like my hero, and he went off uh, the, the service and. Uh, he served our, our country in the navy intelligence and was in morocco and and did all kinds of great things and the military came back and, and and he's like 22 23 and he was 5 years older than me and here i am a junior senior high school and he came back from the military and and, and my brother he didn't know the lord he wasn't a christian and he was cleaning out his fireplace. They had an old house they'd re- remodeled. And he was in the basement, and the basement had a, a, a dirt floor. It was an old house. He remodeled it. And he was six foot four, weighed 240 pounds. He raised up, hit his head on a pipe. It activated a brain tumor. And in one week, he was dead. The church prayed. Everybody prayed. You know, the, the church that I grew up in, I love the church I grew up in, but they, they prayed those prayers that, that uh, Richard told us not to pray. If it be thy will. Shamey, shamey, shamey. Anyway, it is God's will to heal, right? But that's where they were, the shallow end of the pool. And I love them and this, that, and the other. But my brother died in a week. And so I'm a teenager. And here's my hero. And he died. And the church that I grew up in, they were praying for him. But they didn't believe it was God's will to heal. and Whatever would happen, would happen. And so I'm asking God, why? And you know what? God never answered me. Why? There are some things in our life and there are some things in our ministry and there are some things that we're going through when we ask God why. God is never going to answer us why. you know why? Because He wants us to trust Him and have faith in Him. When you can't see His hand, trust His heart. When you can't see His hand moving in your life, trust His nature. This is one thing that never changes. God is a good God, yeah, I would have fainted except I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So there's, there's some things that, that God never answers why, and there are things in my life, in my ministry, you know, God, why aren't we further than where I want to be, and why, God, this, and why that? And there are some things, I've just come to this, there are some things God will never answer you Why? He never did. When Job was asking him, why did it happen? God never answered him, why? You know what God did? Here's what God did in Job chapter 40. God said to him, hey, Job, where were you? Where were you, Job, when I created the earth and the moon and the stars? And, hey, Job, where were you when I did this and I did that and I did this? Now, now, watch this now, a little insight. You know what God was telling him? Hey, Job, don't ask me why. Job, look at my nature. Look at who I am. Some people never get past the whys because they don't look at His nature. They're looking at their hurt, disappointment, rejection, delay. Uh, They're looking at all the hurts and hits of life and that's causing them to be stuck and not moving on in God and the call that God has on their life. So God was saying, hey, stop asking me why and look at who I am. I'm a good God. I'm all-powerful. I'm all-knowing. I'm all-present. Look at my nature. So the next time you're in a struggle, I just want to encourage you, don't ask God why. Look at who He is. And build your faith on He's a good God. He's a God who's for you. And He has a purpose for your life. Here's a good praise break. Can we praise Him? So we all know the end of the story, right? That Job, at the end of it, in Job 42, what did he get? He prayed for his friends. He prayed for his friends. And then what happened? God restored to him double for all his trouble. God restored, God of restoration. God restored double for all his trouble. But it wasn't because when he just paid for his friends. You know, if you look at Job 42 and verse six, I think we have it. Job 42 and verse six. Maybe we have it. Maybe, yeah, there we do. Here's the key. Look, look, when everything changed for Job, everything turned around for Job when he humbled himself. It wasn't just him praying for his friends. No, this this is prior to that. This This happened before that. Notice that nothing changed until he stopped asking why. Why? And then he started looking at the nature of God and then when he saw how good God is, how great God is, how glorious God is, then what did he do? He humbled himself and he repented. And as soon as he humbled himself, every Thing turned around. Uh, it might just take you and me, it might just take you and me, just, hey God, I, I'm going to cast my care on you. God, I'm going to give you everything I don't understand and I'm going to commit it to you. What's that? Humility. Yielding. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to cast it. Oh, I don't know why, but I know you, God, and I know God. You're working on my behalf and you're working everything together for my Good. So God, I'm going to humble myself, I'm going to repent, I'm going to be adjustable and correctable, and God, you can speak into my life. God, you can search me. God, you can speak to me. God, I'm willing to change today in this area of my life. And as soon as Job humbled himself, that's when the restoration process started, and God gave him double for all his trouble. We still together? We still okay? Okay, a couple more scriptures real quick. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23. Proverbs 6, verse 23. And here's what it says. For the commandment of the Lord is a lamp, and it's a law, it's light. But look at this family. Look what it says. The the what? The (laughs) re Re re, re, re what? (laughs) Proofs of instruction are, are, are... are the way to abundant life. The reproof. What is that? Correction. Reproofs. If I'm unwilling to take instruction, if I'm unwilling to take correction, then I'm going to get off course and miss my destiny. I need humility for destiny. I need humility to know God. I need humility to, to know the will of God. I need humility to fulfill the will of God. I need humility. Notice that, that if I'm unteachable and I'm uncorrectable and nobody can speak into my life and I won't take feedback and I know it all, I'm full of pride. Guess what? I'm not going to live the life, abundant life, that God has for me. Because the way to that life is reproof, correction humility. It's getting quiet in this Lutheran church here today. We love the Lutherans. Amen. Praise God. All right. So uh, uh, can you handle a couple more? Okay. Psalm 138. Psalm 138, verse six through eight, uh, New Living Translation. Psalm 138, six through eight. Now I'm going to have you read again. Is that cool? Is that all right? Here we go. One, two, three. Whoa, 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 Do you see who God brings in His inner circle? Those who are... Oh, wow. Do you see those who God is looking for, searching for? Do you see God's seeking those who seek Him? The Bible says the ungodly don't seek God, the prideful don't seek God, and God is not in their thoughts. The prideful don't seek God, and God is not in their thoughts. So let's do a a Fred Price. Let's do a turnaround. So then those who are humble seek God. Those who are humble, God is in their thoughts. God is in their thoughts. You want to get closer to God? Put Him in your thoughts. You want to get closer to God? Put Him in your thoughts. You want to get closer to God? Then, Then have a humble heart. Because uh, you're reading it to me, it it says that the Lord, He's high and lifted up, but yet He has respect and reverence and favor to those who, who are humble, bringing them to fellowship with Him. But the proud and the haughty, He doesn't even recognize, if anything, at a distance. I don't want to be distant from God. I want to be close to God. Because the closer I get to God, the better my life will be. Because when I put God first, the first day of the week, first time in the morning, first part of my, my, my money, the tithe, right? First before I make any decisions, then He will cause us to be a success. Because He will bring the, the lowly and the humble and the teachable, He'll bring them into His inner circle. Uh, continuing on all the way to verse 8, uh, go ahead, y'all. Y'all doing good? One, two, three. Do you see the benefits and the rewards of having a humble spirit there? God brings us into the inner circle. He puts his hand, what's that? His anointing. So humility will increase the anointing on our life. The humility will increase the anointing on our life. Do you see that he will, he will destroy our enemies? Wow, it brings a force field around our life. It brings protection around our life. Not only will humility bring promotion, it brings protection. Not only promotion, but it brings protection. And I got one more verse. Isaiah 66 and verse 2. Isaiah 66 and verse 2. Last verse this session. Cross my heart. Hope to live. Y'all ready? On three. One, two, three. Who is God looking for? Who is God seeking out? Who is God passing over a million people to find one that'll surrender their life, that'll yield their life, that'll give everything to Him, that that will say, God, search me. God, speak to me. God, I'm moldable. God, you're the potter and I'm the clay. God, here I am. I want to improve. I want to get better. I want to excel. I want to go to the next level of your glory, which is your goodness which is your power, which is your presence. Amen, everybody? Amen. Give the Lord your best praise if you got anything <laughs> today. Did
0: you receive that? Amen. Give, give Pastor Blunt a hand for that word. Being obedient. Being, being obedient to deposit those truths in our lives. At this time, let's go ahead and take a 15-minute break, and then we'll get started again.